Hello. Hi. This is John Pittman at All Classical Portland, Portland, Oregon. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Well, since this is our first time talking, He Young, I thought we would give our listeners here in Portland a little bit of background about you. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, you were not too long ago appointed principal solo cellist of the Rotterdam Philharmonic under Yannick Nézé-Sagan. Yes. And, um, of course, Nézé-Sagan is, is really a, a major conductor at this point, <laughs> conducting the Metropolitan Opera and... Philadelphia Orchestra. Um, What was that like for you to be appointed uh, solo cellist with the Rotterdam? Um, It was really amazing experience for me. So yeah, I've enjoyed it so much and learned a lot from him. Yeah. (laughs) How long have you been uh, with the Rotterdam Philharmonic? I was with them slowly more than a year. Are you still in that position, Mm. that post? No, I decided to teach. So now I'm a professor at the Beijing Central Conservatory of Music. And I understand that you're the first Korean professor ever appointed to that conservatory. Yep. What is, uh, what's that experience like for you, being at the Beijing Central Conservatory? Beijing Central Conservatory is considered to be one of the best schools in Asia. So. I'm very grateful that I'm there and teaching some very gifted students. And everything is so inspiring. I mean, me as a musician, it also has a very positive um, influence on my playing. While I'm teaching, I learn so much. And I also, not only I just teach them, but students also, they give something to me. So it's like a win-win situation, I guess. Why don't you tell me a little bit about your own study of the cello? How old were you? And maybe you could share with the listeners uh, your first encounter with a cello at home. My first encounter was very random. One day, my mom's friend, she brought a small-sized cello. She explained that her daughter was playing it, but she she doesn't want to play it anymore. So... (laughs) She thought maybe I could learn it instead of her daughter. But my mom and me, we've never seen a cello before, even never heard the sound of it. So we just displayed it in our living room for a half a year. And I never wondered um, how I can play it or how it, it would sound. I would just look at it over breakfast, but I never, you know, question anything. And one day, a friend of mine just came to play some games with me, and she saw the cello. She was so intrigued. She was asking many questions to my mom. So my mom thought maybe she could she could keep it and learn instead of me. And that was the moment I told my mom that I'm gonna play the cello, and I'm gonna yeah. She cannot have it. It's mine, you know. So that's how I, everything started. So you must have realized right then that you felt a little possessive of that cello that was in the living room. Yeah, exactly. I never realized that before. <laughs> so what, what's, what was the next thing that happened? Did your mom find you a teacher? Yeah, so my friend, um, her mom got her small cello. 
And I had that cello, so our moms found the teacher for us because we, we were in the third grade in the elementary school. So they thought maybe it's a good idea that we get a group lesson, not individual lesson. We were so, they thought we were just small kids. So our teacher knew how to motivate it, uh, young students. You know, she was comparing like, oh, she's better than you. She's doing better than you. She's learning faster than you. And then <laughs> every time I hear this kind of comments that I was like, okay, I'm going to to, to work harder, I'm gonna practice more than her, you know. And then I enjoyed it actually playing the cello. So, well, I'm not from musician's family, so my parents never thought that I would become a professional musician one day. So they never actually forced me to practice or do something because you know they had simply no idea what I was doing. So they just kind of let me do whatever I like. They try to you know try to find something that i like and they wanted me to do whatever whatever i like for uh, for the rest of my life so um, they just like the idea that i i like to play the cello but you know we never know what we were actually doing <laughs> Let's transition and talk about the Sony compact disc of French cello concertos. Is this your debut <laughs> CD, Hyung? Yes. And now the cello repertoire, you know, if you compare it to piano repertoire or violin, it's considerably smaller, but there's still a, a good number of cello concertos. But you, you chose to focus exclusively on concertos from one particular country or or region nationality and that would be French concertos mm -hmm. and actually you've come a, come up with a really wonderfully well-rounded um, program uh, with no fewer than three concertos and then two shorter pieces uh, at the end uh, what was this like for you to uh, to put together so my idea was to find a theme and record something I so something that speaks to me so I could have actually done Dvorak, Shostakovich or Elgar considered one of the biggest cello works but I didn't feel really right about it so I wanted something very special and something I feel very close for my first album so since I was, I spent many years in France and I love French music and language, culture, I wanted to do something related to France. So I chose the French cello concerto as a theme. The question was what to record. So I wanted to mix, I mean, have a combination of something popular and less well-known. So Sansan's cello concerto is one of popular cello concertos so I wanted to play it and Lalo concerto was rarely recorded compared to Sansons and also could give a very different contrast, different style 
So I wanted to include it as well. And I was giving a lot of thought what to record with those two concertos. And my teacher suggested that I listen to Darius Mio's concertos. He wrote two concertos actually. So the second one I listened at first. It didn't really speak to me a lot. But the first one when I heard it, I was like immediately falling in love with it. So I was like, yeah, this is the this is the one I want to do. Of all the pieces on your disc, I would probably have to say the Mio is the least familiar to me. I love his music, but I'm going to have to spend a little bit of time listening to your recording of uh, Concerto Number no. 1. I especially love that uh, the first movement's uh, description is nonchalant. <laughs> so what yeah. do, can, can you describe for the listeners what that concerto is like for you to play or maybe to compare to the other pieces? So, compared to other pieces, you could say it's more contemporary, but not actually really, really modern. So it's not so difficult to understand. Uh, it's quite easy, easy to listen. And there are lots of jazzy elements into it in this concerto. So you could feel, you know, like kind of jazz, festive and something like Brazilian carnival feeling. So it's very fun. And um, for me, the first movement is like when the orchestra joins me, it's more like a strolling in Paris, small streets, you know, very relaxing and, you know, kind of that feeling. So that really so, yeah. brings back some memories for you, I imagine, when you play this piece. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Do you mind if I ask, you're not living in Paris now, right? No. No, what, what part of Paris did you live in? I, I visited it once, but it was a long time ago. Oh, <laughs> I lived in um, Marais. It's the name of the district. Near Pompidou Center, Notre Dame, if you know. <laughs> yeah. I imagine you had a nice coffee shop nearby that you could walk to every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this, this is a wonderful CD, He Young, and uh, looking forward to sharing it with our listeners and also sharing your, uh, your comments about the music with our listeners here in Portland, Oregon. Thank you. Thank you. 